Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Paint Ed with Torlando. This episode is brought to you by Estimate Rocket, Angie, and APC. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host. Guys, I'm so glad to be with you. Uh, I'm trying something new today. I am streaming live on my uh, specific channels. We'll see if the powers that be allow this to continue. I'm going rogue, man. I'm going rogue. Uh, I'm so happy to be here, man. It's it's uh, uh, We're recording this a, a week before Thanksgiving. And I just have so much to be thankful for. I'm grateful to be in this wonderful industry. I'm grateful to my team. I'm grateful to the uh, paint contractors who listen to this show. And I'm grateful for the PCA. A lot of of fun stuff. Um, I've got a great guest on today. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about marketing. I know that as I have been talking to contractors around the country. Um, last week I was on tour. I was in, um, I was in New Jersey, had a really great show with the folks at Sherwin out there. I was in Littleton, Colorado, had great shows out there. And, you know, the question now that is just, you know, on everybody's mind is how do I get the work? Um, you know, and that's and that's a perennial thing this time of year. Things are slowing down. People are thinking about holidays. It's getting cold. Um, things start to slow down, and your crew uh, still needs to work. And so, how do we get these jobs to come in? Well, I want to bring in a marketing specialist to talk about this. Eric Foz with Pathfinder. We're going to have a really great conversation today. I'm so excited to have him on the show. If you are just learning about this show or just tuning in, if you want to see the video, um, you can go to PCA Overdrive where you get 500 hours of video content, including this podcast. It's $5.99 a month for uh, non-members free with PCA membership. Just go to PCAPaintEd.org to download or find it on the app. Uh, My book is out, Sprint. This is the production and management guide that you need to get your business going, uh, check that out on uh, on Amazon.com. Search for my name and the word Sprint, and you'll find it. Um, what else we got going on? Uh, PCA Expo is coming up in February. Registration is now open February 22nd through the 24th. That's going to be 2023. P- PCA backslash Expo. Check it out. Uh, all right. So, you know, this time of year is is kind of challenging for marketing because here, here's the thing. Uh, holiday spending is obviously going up. Um, projects are kind of winding down. House projects are kind of winding down. Um, the cold weather is in season. And, you know, I have I personally have some gaps in my knowledge that I'm hoping to get filled here. Um, here's some things that I have 
you know, looked at in the past and tried in the past. Um, I've tried to increase my marketing spend. What happened to me is my spend went up, but my conversions, uh, they flatlined. So the cost per lead was more expensive. I've tried, um, uh, I've tried activation campaigns with a degree of success. Um, I, one year I rented out a mall kiosk and I dressed up like Santa's little painter and uh, like an elf. I got white overalls, a red sweater, a hat, the whole thing. And I tried to get Pete walkers in the mall to, to buy services. It didn't work at all. I didn't get one job from it. Um, if you're like me, you are you know, trying a lot of different things. And some of the things may be working with a little bit of success. Sometimes maybe you're spending extra money. Um, I want to get down to the bottom of this. And that's why I invited Eric Foz to the show. I'm so excited to have him on today because I'm going to be asking him some real questions, you know, and, and hopefully he'll give us a plan. Um, so excited to have him on the show. Um, hey, let's just get into it. Without further ado, here's Eric Foz with Pathfinder. What is going hey, Eric, on? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Appreciate you having me on that, that painter elf story, man. I was like, Whoa, what? That, I've never heard anything yeah. like that before. I, I was, I was getting creative, man. I had, here's what I did. I'll it was even more elaborate. So I, uh, rented out this mall kiosk. It was a minimum two month contract. It was 1250 a month for the kiosk Dang. in, in our, in our mall. And, uh, I got signs. I even got a URL that was like, Pan, pan uh, Santa's little painter.com, uh, oh little landing page. Um, I went to Sherwin and they, uh, printed off these holiday, you know, uh, labels for paint cans. I had the whole thing and, uh, yeah. and people wouldn't even look at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's All crazy. It's, it's creative. By. It's, it's yeah. one of the more creative things I've heard. Oh, it fell so flat. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. That's cool. Didn't work. So, uh, Eric, you you work with uh, a lot of uh, paid contractors um, in the industry, uh, running running marketing campaigns. Your digital agency. Um, what are people saying right now? What's what's the word on the street in terms of, you know. What, what are their concerns? What are their fears headed into this, uh, into this slow season? I mean, you, you nailed it, right? Um, a lot of people are naturally concerned this time of year, uh, rightfully so, right? We're a week away from Thanksgiving, um, which is always gonna be a slow point. Right. And same thing. Mm -hmm. You come up to Christmas, you come to a colder season, especially if you're in, you know, not Florida or Texas or some of these other areas. Right. right? Um, so people are naturally concerned about that as, uh, as we have that coming up. And obviously there's talks of uh, recessions and downturns in the market on that side of things too, which I think also has people concerned, um, at least from what we've seen with our clientele, we haven't seen a lot of uh, across the, as averages, right? We haven't seen a lot of effects sure. in terms of that. Um, but I think you are seeing those normal things you're starting to see this time of year, which um, is exactly that normal, you know, for this time of year. So 
Yeah. And so, so tell us a little bit about how you kind of came into this niche, because it does seem like you guys are pretty niche down into, into painting and and maybe a couple other types of contractors, but seems like it's mostly painting. Um, It's only painting. It's only painting. Okay. So tell us a little bit about how you came into this and tell us a little bit about your, uh, your client work. Yeah. Um, so transparently, um, this all started as just me being a broke kid in college. Um, you know, I, I went to school as a, as an athlete, I was a wrestler my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I went to division one school to pursue my, my wrestling career and naturally being an athlete, you don't have time to work a job. Money was tight for my parents. So I tried to figure out how I could make money online. Um, right. which led me down the road of marketing, uh, and studying that for a handful of years, self-educating myself, right. Through courses and all sorts of stuff. Um, Fast forward, um, I was working at a remodeling company. I transferred to Division II school and was working at a remodeling company part-time as an appointment setter. Um, Mm -hmm. Pretty quickly grew in that company, um, started leading parts of the appointment setting team, uh, taking over different marketing channels, running all their Facebook and Instagram ads, um, even flew out with them to see a giant remodeling company that's all over the Midwest um, to see how they did things, et cetera, Mm -hmm. right? And transparently... Uh, after a couple months, that was the Facebook and Instagram ads we were running was like the second or third most profitable lead source in the company. Um, it was a big company, right? They were doing 13, 15 million a year. Um, you probably 10 to 15 different marketing channels at any given time. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so honestly, I just saw that as my ticket out. I was like, I can drop out of school. I can make an income during this. They can pay me this fee and still be their fourth most profitable source. Right. Um, Mm. So at that point I dropped out, I went all in on it. At first it was, you know, remodeling and, and what I knew. And once we worked with a couple painters and once I just met a couple people in the industry, um, honestly, I just fell in love with like the people of the industry more than anything else. Um, yeah. I found, I found painting contractors over any contractor niche were people that cared more. Um, despite the stereotypes of this industry, but people that cared more were more organized, showed up on time more, um, and wanted to learn. They cared, they wanted to learn. Um, and I think because of those factors, we tend to get the best results for them as well. Um, so at that point we just went a hundred percent in, uh, on painting contractors and that's all we work with, uh, to this day. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, you know, this, uh, this time of year, um, you know, like I said, in the show, I've, I used to think throw more money at the problem. Now I'm in the mode of, well, save your money this time of year, throw more time at the problem. And that, and that is the debate that I'm having, but I, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. What, what can we do? What can, what can our audience do and listeners do to start driving uh, leads in this time? I think you can do both, right? I don't think either one is a, you know, correct or incorrect answer in terms of this time of year. Do we fix the problem with money? Do we fix the problem with time? Um, take the the winter piece out of the equation, right? Same thing. We're mm-hmm. trying to grow our business. We're trying to, you know, whatever we can solve it with time and energy and effort, right? Or oftentimes we can pay to solve that problem for us right? Summertime, we can go knock doors or we can pay for leads, right? Um, So I think either one can be a a very viable viable answer. Um, It certainly, I think both of those efforts also get harder in the wintertime and the holidays, right? I think think both those efforts get harder. Um, So I don't think it's that uh, 
one is is better than the other this time of year. Um, I think it's what are you as a company and as a business owner better at, right? Mm-hmm. If we have some marketing that is, yeah decently effective, not really that effective. It's not being Mm -hmm. tracked. It's not being measured. It's not being adjusted. Um, well you take that in and you just increase that budget, right? You just amplify the problem a little bit. Right. Right. uh, Right. Right. I mean, that might've been, who knows, but that might've been what you experienced a little bit where we had this marketing who knows exactly kind of what was happening with it. Now we increased budgets, right? We don't, that result may change a little bit, but in theory, you know, we just added, gas the fire is going to get a bigger version of that. Right. right so right. what I would say, like going into, you know, this time of year is I've recommended lots of, you know, clients and people to increase budgets. A lot of times that being said, it has to, I would only recommend increasing budgets if you've been consistently getting a result and have that tracked, right? If we consistently know, Hey, for we've been doing Facebook or Google or whatever for three, four five months leading up to this, and mm-hmm. we've consistently been at, you know, around X lead costs, around X appointment costs, around X cost of marketing percentage, and this is profitable. Okay, well, we're going to expect this to go up a little bit in winter for sure. If we were at 7% cost of marketing before, now we might be at nine. Those things are going to go up. But in theory, mm-hmm. we can still add cash to that and get a similar result, right? Because we have that tracked and it's been consistent for a little while, right? That's yeah, usually what I look at in terms of the paid route headed into winter. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, nine, a a 2% increase isn't that bad. Um, I've, I've definitely had winners where I've, I've blown, I've blown through that, you know, um, what do, if let's, let's kind of take this, you know, down, down the two paths, let's first go, let's explore paid. So if we're going to go for a paid strategy, how do we put our strategy together in a way that isn't going to, you know, instead of, increasing 2% and that's expected instead of increasing 20% or, you know, and just getting nothing, you know, like, cause, cause that, that does happen, especially, you know, as business owners where our skills, our skill set doesn't necessarily lie in running paid ads. It lies in managing our business. So I think it's really easy if we're going to DIY it to, to screw this up. So what, can you give us just a little bit of guidance on, what, how we should really tackle the paid approach. So honestly, the best way is to have already tackled it, um, several months prior. Right. Mm. So when we're coming into the difficult time, we're not trying to test things and figure out what's working and what our cost per acquisition should be and figuring that out. But ideally we already have figured out. And just like you said, we're trying to maintain, um, that that increase doesn't become too high, right? We're doing more Mm. of the same is ideally, um, you know, what you're doing at any time where, when it gets a little difficult. Right. Um, yeah, but either way, I think either, either one of those situations, um, the big things we got to focus on, um, ironically, yes, we need the marketing piece of it, right? Of course, whatever those holiday promotions are, those pieces where we can get creative, all those things. Um, you will see, at least we've seen across the board, lead costs go up a little bit in the winter, of course, really no matter what you do and how good you are at it. Um, mm-hmm. But where I think you'll really keep those costs down overall across the board in terms of money in, money out is by having really, really good sales systems in place, right? Mm-hmm. That piece of it also gets a little harder in the winter, 
right? I'm right. sure everybody that calls leads probably has people say, yeah, reach back out to me after the first of the year, reach back out to me after the holidays, right? We all get that. So our sales systems, our appointment setting process, our follow-ups, our nurture sequences have to be that much. We just have to be on our A game, you know, this time of year more than anything um, so that we don't see that crazy increase. Right, 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 right. You know, I think that, uh, you know, what's, what's going through my mind right now is um, if I'm not an expert at one channel, then now is definitely not the time to experiment, but I should be doubling down on the things that I know well. Um, but then I'm also thinking that, you know, there are, um, there are demand generation channels and there are demand capture channels. And, you know, with a demand capture channel, like, um, Google, you know, for example, that is a, that is a marketplace. Like Google is essentially a store where when you are searching for services, you go, you type in and you shop from the list of contractors that show up in, in, in Google local listings. And to me, that place and, and please, you know, provide guidance or correct me if I'm wrong here, but that market this time of year, when things are getting, um, a little competitive seems like a little bit of, uh, it seems like red ocean, you know, it seems like we're going to be competing for those, you know, for the so-called low hanging fruit, but there's less low hanging fruit because less people are searching. Whereas a demand generation channel like Facebook um, or Instagram would be intended to um, inspire, uh, instigate, uh, provoke, you know, bring in curiosity, offer that deal of like, oh gosh, we've been, we've been sort of thinking about this in the back of our minds and now there's a good deal going on. Maybe I can capture that and, uh, or maybe I can grab that deal and beat them before they go to Google, before they go to the, to the meat market, so to speak. Um, am, am I, do you agree with this or am I, you know, off base? Uh, par- partially there's, there's certain parts I have, I have different thoughts on, but I think overall, um, in terms of your paid marketing channels, um, not necessarily your lead aggregators, like an Angie in those places, but your Facebook ads, your Instagram, your Google, all of those things, all of those, you know, a big reason we see that cost go up, um, transparently is not just like, yes, the slightly increase or or decrease in demand, right? What I believe a much stronger factor of that is you've all these other companies pumping out advertising, right? When I first started advertising, I was in the e-commerce world, right? Mm -hmm. We have Black Friday, we have holiday promotions, we have Christmas gift shopping. We have all these things, right? And I mean, your budget would triple 10x sometimes, uh, you know, going into that season, right? Um, There's Mm -hmm. e-com brands that in the month of November and December make more than they made the entire year leading up to it. Right. So right. all of that's when that, they go in the black, <laughs> all that it's extra spend and all that extra spend, uh, essentially raises our CPMs, right. Our cost per impressions. Right. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little bit more expensive to get in front of the same people. So I think you'll see that on all the platforms. Um, I think marketing is marketing and people are people, right. Um, meaning, <clears throat> There is a little bit of that intent based, right? With Google, Facebook, those different platforms. But at the same time, I mean, if we're sitting around, we're like, man, I wonder how much it costs to get my house painted. Like, what does that person probably do to, if they're like, man, I wonder how much that would cost. I really don't know. We're not looking to do this for a couple of years, but I'm curious. What would they probably do? What would their first action be? 
probably go to Google and go, how much does it cost to get my house painted in Louisville, Kentucky or right? Mm -hmm. So you'll get Mm -hmm. tire, you'll get tire kickers there. You'll get people that are ready to hire somebody there. And just like on Facebook, right? You'll get people that nobody's going on Facebook to yes, hire a painter. They're going to network with their family and friends and that sort of stuff. But you'll get people at different stages in the buying uh, stage, right? People that are just starting and just searching for that and just looking for a price. And you'll get people that are very... So people are people and marketing is marketing, whether it's Facebook or whether it's Google or those things, 100% agree, right? We're going to need to be a little bit more savvy with our marketing, generating interest, generating good promotions, making them timely to the holidays. Um, those different pieces and parts um, can can be big levers to pull this time of year. Yeah, yeah. So what, what would be a good, if, if you were to, if you were to pick one thing and, you know, to put, put your money in, um, what would it be and how, how would you go after it? Um, it's going to depend a lot on the business. What, what you said earlier is, is what I would do. So, um, it's to, if you're, if you're a painting company and you have a small budget and you're worried about lead flow coming into this time of year and you have something that's been working that you've tracked consistently, I'd put my money there, right? If we've been using home advisor and it's been working really well, um, and we're just looking to increase lead flow a little bit, I would just double down just like you said. Um, that being said, if we're not in that position, we don't quite have that luxury. Um, I would go towards something that I feel like we have a good bit of control over. Obviously I'm biased because our main platform is Facebook and Instagram, but I would go there the ads are fairly simple to set up for the most part. And we can get a lot of control um, with who we show advertisements to and and get a lot of data back. Right. Um, So I'd personally start there. Obviously I'm a little biased, but uh, but more than anything, you have some that's working double down on it. Yeah. What does a good Facebook ad look like? What part? (laughs) Well, um, the let's talk about the imagery. Yeah. So there's a, again, this is where it gets fun and it's not a black and white. There's a lot of, there's a lot of gray, right? Um, in that imagery, right. We'd call it creative in the, in the advertising world. Um, it needs to be something that's going to catch their attention, right? Think of the nature of the platform. They're going to be scrolling, right? Mm -hmm. We need something that's going to stop their scroll, scroll and grab their attention and pull them back up. Usually it's done in one of two ways. Either you have to make it so outlandish where it, it is obvious it's an ad, but it is so mm-hmm. over the top, bright, crazy colors, like screaming cat emoji on it. Like just it, it's something ridiculous. People are like, what is going on here? And they stop and pay okay. attention. Yeah. Or we go the other way, which is what I found much more effective for home service based companies is native, right? Where the creative, it's still something that pops, right? If we have like a crazy like blue ceiling or something, something super high gloss, right? Still something that's going to pop, but something without a lot of logos, something without a lot of other things that scream ad, right? Mm. Where it feels like something a homeowner or somebody else in the community could have shared and still having that component that pops, right? We don't want people to have what's called ad blindness, right? Where they, as soon as they know it's an ad, they're like, ah, nobody likes ads, right? They're going to scroll right past it. So if we can pull those components where there's something bright and eye catching that pulls their attention, but also without it screaming ad, that's what we've found to really be the the secret sauce there. So, so, okay. That makes sense. So if, so if it's a photo, for example, uh, are you just stripping it down of any, like it, like, is it just naked? You know, is it just the photo or do you put your logo on it? Do you put any words at all on it? Like, what does that 
look like? We'll often go uh, collages um, okay. or before and afters, right? Which there's probably a lot of people listening going, oh, that's, that's what everybody does, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, sure. But there is a little bit of an art and a science to it, right? So we'll go a collage. And if we're going a collage, um, we want the photo in either the top left or the top right ideally to be one that contrasts the other ones, right? We might have a neutral gray, a neutral gray, and then a matte black or like a bright blue or something, right? Some that contrast heavy, mm-hmm. right? To pull their mm-hmm. attention in. Um, for and afters, we'll do some really cool like before and after videos where it like transitions and pauses and then goes through um, other like before and after like slideshow style videos. So there's a couple mm-hmm. things you can do there where again, you're keeping them engaged, right? If it's changing really quick, keeps them engaged. Um, time lapses. This is a separate note. Time lapses, people spraying stuff that like satisfying does mm-hmm. really, really well. Right. Cause again, it's mm-hmm. engaging. Um, mm-hmm. so those pieces and parts do really well, but yeah. Um, I mean, there is some of that editing in those pieces and parts there, but it's fairly raw. Um, there's, we try not to put a lot of logos in there unless the only thing we're after is awareness, but most of us are after leads and appointments and jobs being booked. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's usually pretty minimal text, maybe a before and after if it's, if it's one of those, um, yeah, pretty minimal on that front. Okay. And, and same with video. Is that also pretty minimal? Just like the straight video? Um, we, we tend to get a little bit more creative with video where sometimes we'll put like a a big, bold, like caption at at the top or something, right. You know, uh, in love with these painting projects, some, some, some sort of hook right against them. That's going to catch their attention and go, what's, what's going on here. Um, however, still making it not feel like an ad and making it feel more like a shareable piece of content. Right. So it's going to feel less like a homeowner, somebody else shared it, but that's going to feel more like again, a shareable piece of content, something they would have seen on a TikTok, an Instagram, something that feels satisfying that they're like, Oh wow. Yeah. These paint jobs are beautiful. This is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Look, this wall completely changed colors in 10 seconds. Cause it was a sped up time lapse. And then, Oh, actually this is an ad. Oh shoot. This company's in my area. Right. Yeah. Kind of the nature of so we're going for. So then, this. uh, so, so let's talk about the copy. Um, you know, is, is the copy, uh, is that our opportunity to sell or are we still being a little reserved and, and make thinking more like this is just part of the conversation. This is part of the, the, you know, continuity of, you know, the, the Facebook community and we're just sharing content. What, what do we do there? So both, but lean, we're leaning much more towards, yes, we're writing copy that sells for sure. Um, we don't need to sell the appointment. We don't need to sell the job. All we're doing at that point is selling the click, selling the claim this thing and give us your information. Right. Mm. I think that's something a lot of people make or a lot of, a lot of mistakes I see people make even when they're calling leads, right. They're selling the job already when all we need to be doing at that point is selling the appointment and vice versa. Right. What stage are they at? They're at the stage where they're deciding from that ad, do I want to give them my information? Do I trust them? Yes. Right. So that is all we're selling. So there's a couple different components. Same thing. That first line is really, really important. We want to get their attention, call out that person we're speaking to. That can be a local area or a pain point that the person has. Um, We're going to want to put some sort of offer in there, right? Whether that is a discount. I know a lot of people get getting a, a little flustered over that, but whether it's a discount, whether it's a free this, whether it's a free that, whatever, right? The reality is if we just say, Hey, we're a painting company, hire us. And go, okay, great. And if they are interested, let's say they're bottom funnel, they're hot. They're going to screenshot yeah. that and go, great. Call them later. <laughs> yeah. That's not what we mm-hmm. want. Right. So we will need yeah, some yeah, sort yeah. of offer there, some sort of reason for them to click on the ad. We'll need some sort of urgency, right? 
why, why should they click on it now and not just screenshot it and come back to it later? Ideally, right. we want to do that ethically. We don't want to be the company that's like for the next five people, but really we'll give it to 50, right? Sure, um, sure. There's ways to go about that. Um, and then we'll want a really clear call to action, right? Meaning what should they do? Like how, how do they take advantage of this thing? Make it crystal yeah. clear. Uh, so there's no confusion. Click this link, fill out this information, text this number, call this, whatever. Um, comment this below, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So and that's and you know, I've, I've struggled with structure. Sure, sure, sure. And, and I, I appreciate your, your open share on this. Um, so, you know, one thing that I've struggled, so a little bit of my background, um, you know, I, I did the story brand certification. And so people who are familiar with Donald Miller and, and building a story brand, um, you know, they're, they're familiar with this and, uh, it's, it's a great certification. It's, it's really, it's really good. And, uh, in the framework, we talk a lot about the, the lead magnet, the idea of, uh, you know, what is going to, what's going to be that offer that's going to get them to give you their information. And there is an emphasis on, you know, ethics and having it actually be of value and, you know, also not spamming them once you do get it, but, you know, utilizing, uh, you know, email channels and things like that to actually provide real continued value. Um, but I, I've always kind of struggled to, to put that together in, in terms of what, um, a, per, a perspective, you know, homeowner who's, you know, going to buy painting because the go-to is lead magnet is, is an ebook, you know, maybe like a, a, a checklist or, you know, I don't know, some, some piece of information, but I always, I've always struggled to make that work. What, what, in your opinion or what, and not maybe your opinion, but what you've actually tested and seen, what is that giveaway that is going to make it worth departing with their email? Cause I don't like departing with my email. You know, I mean, I just went through and unsubscribed from hundreds of people. I feel like, cause my inbox is getting overwhelmed, but what's worth it. What is worth it to, to homeowners? Yeah. You know, it's a great question to ask. And like, those are the questions you need to be asking yourself when you're building out, your marketing and what are those pieces and parts going to be, right? We got to put ourselves in their shoes and what are those pain points? What are those things that would make it worth it to not only give their email, but their phone number, the project details they're planning, how soon they're looking to start, other information that'll make them even a higher quality lead even. Um, the the go-to one that is just the simple and easy is some sort of discount or promotion, right? If somebody's looking to get their house paid, even there's a lot of debate on this online, right? What I always tell people when I'm coaching people on this is even the wealthiest people, even the people that are so rich, they could pay you eight times what it was and not even bat an eye at it. They still want to feel like they are getting the highest level of value at the best price. Everybody, right? Even people that right. don't care how much it costs and they just want the best, they still want the best at the best price, right? We want, it, it's a level of value, right? Yeah. Yeah. What we're getting versus what we paid. Are we happy with that? Um, yeah. so that's a really good way to go. Um, I prefer to make it those sorts of things. Can it be a discount? Can it be a service? Can it be a free color consultation that mm -hmm. we do with a designer or Sherwin does virtually or any of those things, right? I found right. those do really, really well. Um, in terms of eBooks and those, I'll be honest, I've seen them do not nearly as well in the service-based uh, side of things. Yeah. But we have ran some of those in terms of like how, like how to make sure you're finding the right contractor, right? And build on that trust side of it. Um, mm -hmm. Have not tested these, but ones I imagine would do pretty well would be like a color guide, 
right? And the mm-hmm. most trending colors this time of year and how to utilize them if you're thinking about painting. Because again, that's going to be one of the most common pain points a lot of them are going to have that are in that top of funnel stage still and just starting to think about it. Shoot, what colors would I go with, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I just think yeah, about those sure. things. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I think when I, when I talk to other contractors myself, um, especially with regards to the discounts, um, for those that are a little worried about discounting labor itself, just cause you know, sometimes depending on where you are, you know, honestly, sometimes the margins are really slim and you have to pay your people well. And, you know, if you discount labor too hard, it, you know, it, it becomes hard to, to make it. Um, but so where I say is like, we'll start with the paint because, uh, you know, depending on your dealer, um, you, you know, as contractors, we get, you know, pretty sizable discounts, um, you know, from our paint manufacturers. And the reality is that our, um, our customers, if they were to go into the store themselves and buy the paint, they would buy it at list value. You know, they'd buy it, buy it at list price. And so if you can, you know, kind of make it, you know, be known, you know, through your ads that you are offering, you know, at least part of your contractor discount or even all of your contractor discount that they'll be able to save, you know, sometimes, you know, anywhere between 25 and, you know, sometimes on certain products, 50% on paint. And, and that makes, that does make a big difference in terms of, um, you know, that value. I mean, if, cause again, if the, if the customer is going to go in and do the project themselves, they'd be paying less price and, uh, and paying extra for it. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of debates on this, right? Um, you know, me and me and Nick had a really good conversation about this on ask a painter. Um, but mm-hmm. I always tell all of our clients, like, it doesn't matter what promotion offer we're running. Like we are still a business. We do need to still job costs and make sure we are still hitting the right margins. Right. Right. And this depends on your beliefs a little bit. I, I personally, of course we want to be ethical with all of it. I personally believe yeah. it's a hundred percent ethical to raise our prices in order to accommodate for marketing spend. Right. Of course, we're going to be marketing, right? Which has an extra cost to it, right? We're going to be marketing Mm -hmm. this promotion, which has an extra cost to it. We still got to hit our 40 to 50% gross, gross profit. Right. Right. So we may raise that price and then pull it back. Right. And we may not do that with a word of mouth customer, which also makes sense because we weren't paying to acquire that customer. Right. They can get that preferred pricing initially because we didn't have to spend money on ads. They just they yeah. just called us. They heard about us from Joe from church. Right. You know, yeah. so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I personally look at it, but it has to be something you're comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I love your, your, uh, emphasis on ethics here because, you know, ethics is, is critically important. I, uh, you know, I look it's at easy it to at, throw those to the wayside in marketing sometimes <laughs> it is. You yeah. Know? It's, it is easy to be like, yeah, we're going to give you 10% and then you just mark up everything. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to mark it up 10% and then, you know, get our regular rate. Uh, you know, I think if you're going to give a des- discount, it should be a genuine discount. But I also believe that, um, you know, supply and demand, uh, has, has an impact on how you price things. And, you know, the reality is that we live in a capitalist society, supply and demand society. And in the winter, in the winter time, everybody slows down. So supply goes up or the supply goes up, demand goes down. And as a result, prices can go down and they probably should go down. And I, and I tell contractors all the time, your crew works all summer long, all year long, nine months out of the year to keep you busy or to keep you, uh, to keep you well-fed least you could do is keep them well-fed in the, in the winter time. 
And, yeah, uh, and I, so I have no problem with that, you know, and, and, and I, and I honestly have no problem when, uh, the demand is high, um, you know, introducing rates that are a little bit higher because, uh, it's just, it's just really hard to find those, find those workers. And sometimes those summer workers cost a little bit more and, uh, and it's mm-hmm. a little bit difficult to, uh, get that work done. Um, you know, when, when the demand is so high. And so I, I really have no problem offering winter rates, um, you know, when, when the, the demand goes down, I really have no problem with that. Yeah. I know a lot of people that, um, you know, do that, that same piece of it, right. No matter what promotion they're running, they're still going to be looking to hit 40 to 50% in, you know, spring, summer, fall, right. And come around to winter, you know, they're okay being at 30% if they need to, to fill a gap in the schedule. Right. Um, so yeah, I know a lot of people that go that same route. Yeah. And, and another thing on this, you know, I, uh, like we definitely shouldn't feel guilty about making margin, you know, to stay in business though. So I was, uh, on next door the other day, uh, and this, uh, this lady, you know, was talking about, she was looking for an independent contractor and she said, I don't want to pay all the overhead costs of working with a, with a company. I'd rather work with an independent contractor. And, you know, I thought to myself at first I was, I was trying really hard not to be offended, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that, I think that what it showed is a lack of, of truly understanding what goes into running a reputable company. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when you run a reputable company, you do pay your people, uh, better than others. You are providing them with some essential care and benefits. Um, you are, doing marketing in order to keep them busy year round. That's why they work with you instead of Mm -hmm. going off on their own is because they need to, uh, they need to make a living year round. And so, you know, part of staying, uh, keeping those people employed is marketing costs. And if you go with a company that is doing that, you're going to have better quality painters, you know, people who are following systems, people who are trained, uh, people who are insured, right? If something goes wrong on that job site, um, you know, what if that independent contractor isn't properly insured? Um, you know, what happens if things go wrong? You know, things can go wrong with an individual. Uh, we're, no, none of us are perfect. You know, can you yeah. work with a company that can bring in another guy and bring in another crew to to fill in that gap. Uh, there's so many things that I think you put yourself at risk if you're only working with an independent contractor. And I think that it does serve, uh, you as a, as a customer to work with a company that that's a little bit more reputable. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head where, um, a lot of it is just lack of education. Right. And I mean, think about it. Homeowners, consumers are smarter than they've ever been right? They are not naive to the fact that a lot of trades are behind and not Mm -hmm. as professionalized as they could be, right? They are not naive to the fact of that. So they may go down that thought process of exactly that of, Hey, a lot of these guys are behind, you know, some, a lot of these people aren't super established. Let me go with somebody that isn't as established. I don't have to pay the overhead and all the sorts of things where they just don't have those other gaps of knowledge, right? That's a Mm -hmm. big thing we work with our clients on is a lot of that sales process, right? And building yep. value through education, right? Imagine if that homeowner had a really reputable company in there with a great sales process could right. educate and fill that gap. I mean, not only is that, not only does that company probably get the job, but now the homeowner had a better experience and better company doing it in the whole nine years. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, th- I think that's a huge problem. In, in another thread, there was a, a, a person uh, who was mentioning another company. I'm of course not going to mention them by name, but um, yeah, they, they had a, a little boo-boo and uh, they got paid and, and never came back. Couldn't get a hold of them. And, yep. you know, I, I know exactly what that's about. It's, it's because you didn't have enough margin in your job to be able to afford to go back and fix your mistake. You ran out of money. You ran out of of money on the job. And if you go back there, you're going to be either paying somebody out of your own pocket to go back there, or you're going to be doing it yourself and be making no money and losing time. And so it is, it is important to educate the market on, you know, why we have to pay a little, you know, charge a little bit more than, um, you know, than some of the, our fly by night, uh, friends, uh, <laughs> I'll call them friends as a competitor, but you know, cause, cause the reality is that some people, you know, listening to the show are, are trying to get out of that space of, you know, Hey, I, I know I'm fly by night. I know I'm not charging enough. I don't know how to sell jobs at a higher rate. And, uh, and a lot of it just comes down to that education piece. Now let's, I want to, you know, real quickly shift gears here. So we we were talking about paid strategies here. Um, Now, like, again, this time of year, a lot of people are like, well, do I spend this $500 on marketing or do I take this $500 home so that we can, you know, pay for uh, Thanksgiving dinner and and start to buy some Christmas gifts? Um, If, if I were feeling like, no, I need to, I need to, conserve the money here and not, not make the bet. Cause it's, it can be a bet. It can be a little bit of a gamble totally. uh, with marketing. If I don't want to make the bet, how can I use my time to move the needle and keep jobs coming through? <clears throat> There's a lot of different ways. All of them are going to stem down to one thing and it's getting gritty, getting tough. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, yeah. For, for lack of a better term. Okay. That's really where a lot of it is going to come to. Um, so again, depending on where you're at in the area, right? If you're in a warmer state, you can quite literally go door knock, right? You can cold call. Um, these things everybody sh- everybody shies away from, um, but they work, right? Um, and it's so funny, you know, I, I'm i sure we all see it, right? And a lot of times these, these painting contractor groups and forums and everything online, sometimes you'll see people that are in that situation, right? Where they have no money to invest at all into any sort of paid mm-hmm. anything. And they got to this point, they're, they're out. There's no more jobs left on the schedule. What do they do? Um, and every single time I see one of those people, all I can't help but think is if you're not at least spending most of your waking hours, door knocking, cold calling, doing the things you got to do to drum up business, you don't want it bad enough. And that is why I say a lot of those strategies come to getting gritty. There is some strategy yeah. behind it, of course, but that's what it's all going to stem from. My personal uh, favorites, right, are going into local Facebook groups, right? Um, search your city with Facebook mm-hmm. on groups and find local groups. Some gold mines for a lot of people will be like local mom groups, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, mm-hmm. as we know, right, females, the the wife, the mom is the decision maker for a lot of home service-based projects, right? Mm-hmm. So guess what? When other moms are talking about who's going to do their lawn, who's going to do their painting, they go and discuss in those forums, right? Mm-hmm. Those can be gold mm-hmm. mines. Buy sell groups online, right? Where people are, it's a local group for local people to promote their stuff. Um, any, any local group you can find, but those are just two that a lot of cities and communities are going to have that mm-hmm. have been gold mines for, for clients of ours yeah. in the past. Um, and there's a couple ways you can go about it. Okay. 
we don't want to be the spammy person that's making a post every other day with our before and after pictures and call this number for a free estimate. Right. Nobody, nobody wants that. Um, we can make a post semi-frequently, right? Um, here's how I would do it. A little, little golden nugget for everybody. Um, we're going to introduce ourselves, right? Let, let them know X, Y, Z, right? Hey, I'm so-and-so new to the area. Just started this company. It's winter. Work normally slows down for our types of businesses, whatever. We're going to have a level of honesty and transparency there. Um, some sort of, again, promotion, right? Because it's winter and a lot of services slow down, we do a few openings in the schedule. We're offering this incentive, whatever. Um, and then instead mm-hmm. of telling them to call whatever number, we're going to tell them to comment below on the post and then we will send them a message so they make sure they get it. Right. Yeah. And what that does in the algorithm is what in marketing we'd call a two-step post. Right. You'll see if you go look at my profile, I've done a handful of them. And now all these people comment. And what does that do? It boosts it in the algorithms and puts it in front of more people because Facebook sees 15 people commented on this post. I'm gonna go and right. reply to right. every single one of those comments and go, Great, Kathy, just sent you a DM. Right. And it's gonna boost it in the algorithm. So just kind of a little bit of strategy on that. But beyond that, we can't do that that often, right? Every few weeks or so, maybe. Um, The big way we can uh, do this is just genuine participation. Okay. Yeah. Somebody posted uh, that they got their lawn done by this company. We don't do lawn work. We're a painting company, right? But wow, Kathy, that yard looks awesome. I love the way they trimmed the hedges. We were just working in a a home in I think the same neighborhood. Where's the, where are you guys located? I don't know. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a little weird, but you mm-hmm. can get genuine uh, community involvement, right? Yeah. It will see that, right? The people that are active in there, they're going to see your name, see your name, see your name, see your name and soon realize, right. And then if they do need a painter, you're the guy. So it is a little right. bit more of a difficult, difficult of a strategy, but that's how I go about that. Local Facebook groups, the same strategy applies to next door. Uh, I've seen some mm-hmm. clients just depends. I think a lot on your area and some of that, but I've yeah, seen some sure. clients crush it with next door yeah. doing the same exact uh, type of thing. So yeah, yeah, those are my personal favorites. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, you bring up uh, you bring up this this good you know kind of a good point where um, this idea of community. I'm uh, I, I I didn't mentioned this on, on the show yet, but I'm, I'm currently working on my, my second book and it is, it is a book about, uh, branding and marketing and a huge component of it is, is the importance of community. And mm-hmm. the, the research that I've done for this book, uh, in terms of the connection between community and willingness to purchase, it all comes down to, uh, people accepting you as an individual, um, and then your brand by extension as a valuable resource of the community. Right. And so if you, if you think about it on kind of a, you know, base tribal communal level, um, you know, we come to communities, we involve ourselves with communities in order to share resources so that we can all thrive. Right. Like if, if we don't share our resources, then, you know, we will struggle. Um, if you, if you look back, if you go all the way back towards like the hunter gatherer, um, the, I I believe it was the Inuits that they had a, um, they had kind of this, um, idea that you were not allowed it was like really taboo to eat your own kill. 
And mm. the, the reason that you didn't eat your own kill was because let's say that you were um, looking for seals. Now, uh, the, the, the difference between a skilled hunter and a very novice hunter in terms of hunting for seals is like it's still mostly a, a matter of luck. You drill the hole yeah. and hopefully a seal comes up, you know, and, and if you're, <laughs> you know, if you got it, you got, right. It, it doesn't like the difference between skill doesn't always matter. And, and the fact is you just don't know when your next uh, hunt is going to come by. And if you had it because there was no like refrigeration or anything like that, um, you would not be able to consume all of that animal. And so if you kept it to yourself, it would just be a waste. And by the way, you don't know when your next kill is going to come. And so what these guys, what these hunter gatherers would do, they'd bring it to their kind of local tribe that they had set up. They'd share it. And that way, if everybody in their community was bringing their kill, then everybody would have food. And, and that's, and that's how it worked. Right. And so in, in modern society, I mean, we're just kind of hardwired to, to bring resources to the table so that we can all survive and thrive. And so if you are, um, looking for somebody like, like if you're looking for a painter, um, if somebody has that resource, they're going to jump at the chance to share it because it, because that says, Oh, they shared with me. And then, and just like, you know, psychologically, biologically, they're going to share back when I need help. Right. And, Absolutely. and so I've really been kind of interested in moving towards the idea of like the, the, the recommendation engine might be, be becoming more powerful than the search engine. Um, instead of going to Google and searching, I need to find a painter. They're going to next door, their community, they're going to Facebook groups, their community, and they're searching who is, who do you recommend? Because at the end of the day, they trust their network way more than they trust Google. Right. And so I think that that that's, that's, that's why I'm loving what you're talking about right now. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, it applies so much to local businesses and especially local businesses where you, you don't have like that massive, I don't have the right word for it. Not franchise. Cause obviously we have a lot of franchises, but uh, you don't have that like Starbucks effect yet. Right. Yeah. There used to be a bunch the brand of brand recognition. There used to be a bunch of local coffee shops. And now wherever you go, there's going to be a Starbucks, a Dunkin' Donuts, a Tim Hortons, depending on where you're at. Right. You mm-hmm. don't quite have that with a lot of home services. Right. And again, homeowners, consumers are smarter than they've ever been. They know that. Right. So right. exactly. They're, they're much more inclined to go ask for local recommendations, share those, you know, et cetera. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent. And I think you combine that as well with, now the world is more online than it's ever been. So finding that community, even locally, is easier than it's ever been, right? Yeah. It's easier than it's ever right. been. You don't actually have to physically go out and meet people and spend two years building this community in your phone book and the list of people. As soon as right. you move there, you join the Facebook group. You join That's the WhatsApp right. group. You yeah. you join the next door and update your address and boom, you're plugged into this community. Um, right. So yeah, I, I think both are important when you're building a painting company or any any company for that matter, right? Yeah. Um, you want that community involvement, that recommendation, that word of mouth, um, but we also want our paid 
resources as well that bring in that consistency, that level we can turn up and down with how much we spend. Um, yeah, whereas the sure. other one is the best leads, but slightly less controllable. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, and I always try to bring in, um, you know, on this show, I always try to bring in insight from other industries and, uh, the term that has been being used for this, uh, this very thing that we're talking about is called dark social and mm. dark social is this idea that, um, you're putting effort into, uh, social channels, both, um, in real life and digital, to where you can't really track the attribution, you know, with, with ad spend, you can, you can track it. You can say, okay, yep. well, you know, we put this ad out. It, it got this many clicks. This person clicked it. They got to the, they filled out the form. And so we can track our, uh, our spend all the way. We can attribute it. It's called attribution. We can attribute it to the source of, of the marketing, but how are you going to track a, a mom Facebook group? that you know you can't get really difficult (laughs) you can't track it it's dark but it's happening and the the recommendation engine that's happening with dark social is far more powerful because it's it's based on intrinsic human motivation i'm motivated to be a part of a community i'm motivated to to share resources because that means that people will share resources with me and since the the internet is kind of evolving to be community driven in so many ways um you know you you have to kind of consider this component of it that it it may be more powerful and cheaper but just kind of harder to access and require it's not on rails like it's just you have to yeah you You have to try yeah effort yeah. You have to be really, really intentional about it. And here's the other part that also makes it harder. You have to be really intentional about it for a good period of time and not and be okay with not seeing anything. Right. Right. That sort of dark social you're talking about and making posts on your page and you know, going in and putting genuine comments on a light, that's a compounding effect. Right. We don't right. do that the first day and then have a few leads. I mean, maybe right. it does happen sometimes, right? But that is a compounding effect that takes time that gets built. Um, and that also makes it harder, right? It takes consistency, it takes perseverance, um, which a lot of people don't have, right? Um, so it does make <laughs> yeah. it it's that level of grit, right? Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, if, if we, if we do this successfully, if we, if we kind of, uh, double down on the things that we know and, and maybe try some of these time-based things that, that are going to be effective, um, getting in the groups, but getting out, like actually out into the community and knocking on doors and hello, grit, who cares if it's cold or not, <laughs> you know, yeah. just start knocking. Don't be afraid. Um, what, what does our, what does our winter look like if we, if we really, uh, affect this well? It has potential to, uh, not look that much different than your spring, summer, and fall. Um, it'll still look different, right? The objections you get from customers will be different they want to wait till the holiday, sure. right? Those things will still look different. Um, but there's no reason you can't still run a very profitable company in the winter and, uh, and still have work for your guys. Um, granted it was at a much different scale when I was working at Thiel's, which is a massive company. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. were we slightly less profitable in the winter? Yes. All of our marketing channels and all those things went up, et cetera. But we never laid anybody off in the winter and we had over 50 right. employees. We never laid a single person off over the winter. We never had a week where installers didn't have, uh, jobs or 
sales reps, designers didn't have uh, estimates to go run, right? Except for obviously like the couple yeah. days we were off for Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? Obviously. Right. Um, right. So it can still look rather normal. It'll be different, but it can still look rather normal. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Eric, you guys have at your agency, Pathfinder, you guys have an interesting model. You want to share a little bit about that and tell us where to find you? Yeah. Um, it's definitely an interesting model. Um, cause you know, all the stuff we've talked about, um, is incredibly, incredibly important, but there will be people that listen to this and hopefully go take action on it and implement and do a lot of things right and get great leads coming in and then don't see the success they want and blame the platform or blame the homeowners or whatever it is when it's often not the case. Right. Right. Um, it often comes down to the appointment setting and the sales process. Like we touched on just, just a little bit in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where my background was, right? When I was working at Thiel's, I started as an appointment setter um, and then grew mm-hmm. to other positions, right? Um, so, I mean, at Pathfinder, essentially what we've done, right? We've ran paid advertisements on behalf of several hundred painting contractors at this point. And where we've pivoted recently is actually not being the person to do it for you anymore, but being the person to hold your hand along the way, right? Being Mm. the person that empowers you, teaches you the marketing principles you need to understand to go and do this effectively, right? What we realized was our best clients understood some level of marketing principles and could give some light layer of feedback, right? And create, nobody's going to understand the company better than the owner. Right. Right. Um, So the, the model we've pivoted to is giving plug and play resources, taking every single thing that would be difficult about going and launching your ads, creating copy, uh, making creative, designing those before and afters, all those things that would be difficult and friction points and essentially giving plug and play templates for that. Being a coach in your corner, Mm one-on-one helping click buttons, building that out. And then the back half of it, which is almost more important right? Having that one-on-one and group coaching in terms of our appointment setting and our sales process, right? Making sure we can get leads pouring in. Yes. But then making sure we have the skills necessary to turn as many leads as possible into appointments and as many as appointments as possible in jobs. Right. So that's kind of been the journey and it's, it's been fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. uh, I, I like that approach. I feel like it's, uh, it's empowering, and, you know, I think that it, if, uh, if you were ever to, you know, hopefully you never lose a client, but if you ever were, at least when they leave, they, they do have that empowerment to, to continue to succeed, um, you know, with their own efforts. I could see myself, uh, liking having that, that guidance of like, oh shoot, uh, this campaign isn't working how I thought, why am I, why am I losing money and <laughs> having a little assistance? Right, not to just know. being blind, not just being, I give right. this person money and leads maybe come in. They maybe don't, but going, I have a guide, but I also have a hand in the fire and I understand yeah. why they, this may not be working. Cause I understand my market in Nashville, you know, better than anybody else. Right. It doesn't matter how right. much research and intake forms and all those things we do as the marketing company, you're going to understand your market, your area, your customers better than anybody else. Right. That's absolutely right. That's awesome. Eric, where can we, uh, where can we connect with you and, and, uh, and, and see some of that great content that you guys post? <laughs> yeah, we, we post a, a good bit. Um, just any, any social channel at Eric Foz, E R I C F O Z Z. Um, 
I'd say Instagram is where I'm most active, Facebook as well, but any any channel, Twitter, YouTube, um, that's the same handle. And uh, yeah, go shoot me a DM if you came from the show. I uh, would love to hook you up with some free resources or whatever I can do to help. Um, so if you listen to it, shoot me a DM, let me know what you thought and uh, happy to help. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you being on the show, man. Have a great, uh, have a great afternoon and happy Thanksgiving to you, my man. Happy Thanksgiving, dude. I appreciate you having me on. All right, there we go. Eric Foz with uh, Pathfinder. Uh, great conversation. Um, you know, I, I I hope you appreciate me for digging deep. I think I, I think I pulled out some of his secrets, and uh, you know that 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 he might might have tried to hold back for his clients, but I I was persistent and uh, got some really meaty content there. Uh, guys, um, you know, again, the gratitude in my heart right now for being in this industry um, is just so it's it's so deep. You know, when he at the beginning, when I asked, you know, so why why did you pick painting? And he said that, uh, you know, it was the people and and their care for what they're doing and their uh, eagerness to learn. Um, you know, that's that's why I honestly believe this is the greatest industry in the whole world. Uh, I love painting. I love the product. I love the the deliverable. Um, I love the the impact that it has on people's lives. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate to um, you know start painting my my own home uh, this uh, this last week, and um, you know, as I do quite often, you know, a painter. You, you 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 always do the work yourself. Uh, <laughs> homeowners don't don't do that. You know, let let us let us the professionals come and do it. Um, but I just was able to sit back and look around the room that I had painted and just admire uh, the work. And it felt fresh, and it felt like a new start for that space. And it, and it really prepared me and my family for what's uh, coming next. And so I just can't recommend being a part of this industry enough. It's beautiful. It's gratifying. It's a solid product and it has impact in people's lives. It really makes a difference. So uh, just keep up the work. You know, I know it's hard. I know that this time of year gets really scary because things get slim. I get it. Um, I've been there, you know. Um, I've, I've shoot, you know, I've gotten to places where I've had to start driving Uber in the winter just so that we could, you know, yet alone have presents, but have a, have a meal. I know it's hard, you know, but you, but you gotta keep going because it's, it's the best product that's out there. It's the best service that's out there. It has meaning and it has impact and it has beauty. And if you get a handle on your business and you understand how to do this, you're going to be fine. You know, that for me, that was a long time ago. Uh, you know, these days things slow down, you know, I, I'm okay. Right. Like I'm, I'm like, I kind of welcome the slowdown, you know? And I remember having a conversation with a, with a fellow contractor one year, he was getting to that point of the year where leads were drying up. And I said, homie, you owe it to your wife to never put her in this position again. You got to get your cash, right? You got to get your money, right? You got to stop experimenting and spending up money and running up all these expenses. You got to put some money in the bank. Okay. Be the ant, not the grasshopper. And, and you will be fine. Okay. For some of you, maybe it's feeling a little late. You got to get out there and hustle, 
get your grind on, be gritty, you know, knock on the doors, go up into a business, introduce yourself, cold call. Okay. Be gritty, get out there, get after it for other of you, uh, others of you. Now is the time where you relax and you realize, dang, you know, we did good work this year. Now let's look at next year, what we're going to do. Awesome show. If you want to um, subscribe to this, please do so on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course our PCA Overdrive app, um, which is $5.99 a month and free with membership. Um, I would love to see you guys. Um, uh, you know, I would love to connect with you. Okay. Um, the, the, content that we talked about today, I actually have a series of classes that can help you run your business better. If you go to craftsmanpainter.com backslash trade school, I've got live classes, one-on-one classes, series of topics, 12 topics covering sales and production that can help you get your business in order. Um, I would love to work with you. It's a live class. It's not pre-recorded. Um, it's, you know, this is my classroom. I've got the chalkboard behind me and I'm going to teach you how to do this. And I bring in the, I bring all these wonderful guests that just fill my brain with so much knowledge and and power. And then, and then the beautiful thing is I I know who to recommend to, to get stuff off your plate. People like Eric, uh, and Pathfinder who can, who can just run that social, help you run that social media campaign. Beautiful thing. Um, love you guys. Great episode today. So grateful for Eric and for the PCA. Um, until next time, my, my name is Torlando and this has been Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.